everyone, I'm Carla, and that's Lauren. Hi everyone! And this is Tripping with ABA Owl, Season 3, Episode 4. If you listen to us, you know the, in the last couple of months we've had a slightly different format. It just happens that our schedules don't match up. Some, Well, a lot of the times recently because, you know, we're both really busy. Um, yeah, so this is just what when we have free time. So apologies for the delay. Uh, but again, you know, we all need to be flexible sometimes. So, but we're sorry, we're a week delayed. And just thank you so much, guys, for being so understanding um, about our delayedness with recording. And um, also, um, yeah, I think we, as Carla mentioned, like we're just, sometimes we're just really busy. We try our utmost to keep together and on schedule, but, you know, life happens, as you mentioned. Uh, As a disclaimer, these are our thoughts and experiences. We are not claiming to know everything. We are only speaking from our empirical practice, and we do love sharing things with you guys. So, from the previous podcast, um, there's—I personally don't have anything else, anything to discuss. I just wanted to mention that we're finally on Spotify. Yes, I'm sorry it took so long. Apparently, we already we are already in Google Podcasts. Like I was trying to add us, but it's. But it's already showing up. We're at Google Pod on Google Podcast, so I don't know what how, what's that. I'm like, okay, if it's working, I'm not gonna touch it. You know, my dad always said, uh, a winning team does not change. <laughs> so I'm gonna leave it. Sorry, I didn't even know there was Google Podcast. So <laughs> news to me. But yay for us for being on there. <laughs> um, thank you so much again. Um, and thank you, Carla, for putting in so much effort to get us on Spotify. Um, it seems easy, but it often isn't easy. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing about more people listening on different platforms. Please feel free to communicate any topics you'd be interested in or any questions you might have. You know, you can email us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. You can contact us through our website, too, if you that's the way you'd like to go. It's www.abaowls.com or on Instagram is at aba underscore owls or on Facebook where aba owls. Lots of ABAs and lots of owls, as I like to say. Um, and our topic for today, we're continuing with our theme of training staff, is maintaining skills. I mean, I think why we chose the topic is because we feel that people assume or places assume, companies, organizations, that once someone is trained, they're fine. They can just be left. And we feel that actually this is the area that people need um, continuing um, training and to be sort of invested in. So, and, you know, this is one of the reasons where where there's assumption, sometimes there can be a bit of drama because mistakes happen. Exactly. And this is why we wanted to do this episode. So, all right, let's start off with a summary of previous episodes, okay? Uh, before we get to the main topic, we wanted to recap what areas we visited within this top, within, you know, this subject of training staff. So in season two, episode five, we introduced training staff. We discussed some of our experiences, uh, the different skills needed in a new job, and how the way people are trained makes a big difference. Okay. And then we moved on to reinforcement and motivation in episode 7 of, again, season 2, last season. 
and understanding what really reinforces work-related behavior and how it can improve performance and staff retainment. And for our last episode of season two, episode 10, we went through what behaviors would be helpful to have when training a new member of staff. So today, we will be discussing why it is important to maintain skills and to continue to train and invest in staff members. After all, a well-trained staff member uh, will turn in good outcomes for our clients uh, or people we support. And how to train and maintain staff within all staff groups is really important. So, because, you know, everyone has different workplaces. Thanks, Carla. Yeah, I think, um, thanks for the introduction. I think it's important for us to know where we were because it's kind of scaffolding on these skills. So I'm going to talk a little bit about why. So why is it important to maintain skills? So any field would do well with putting in some measures in place to maintain staff skills. And, you know, even though the human brain gets compared to computers, the truth is that people are not computers, believe it or not. And we might need maintenance, but we can't set up a reminder in our heads that comes up every, you know, right time of the day. Like, you know, I know that my computer will tell me it's time for an update. You know, the brain doesn't actually function as well as this. So we need to make sure that we're putting in these these measures in place so that we can regularly top up on our skills and maintain the ones we already have, refreshers. A lot of professions have regular training, you know, such as teachers, psychologists, doctors, and even us, surprise, surprise, as behavior analysts. You know, we're unsure of the requirements of other fields. I know that I have a friend who's a pharmacist and often tells me um, about what he needs to be doing at certain points. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I tell him about mine, and mine's obviously not the same as his, but it's interesting to chat about it. But as board-certified behavior analysts, as BCBAs, we have to complete 32 learning credits every two years to maintain our qualification. So that's kind of around 32 hours per of learning per two years. And if we don't, our qualification is deactivated until we meet the, the needed criteria. And I'm not entirely sure or 100% sure, but I think if a BCBA is practicing without an updated certification, they can get reported to the BACB, which is the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. I think we're pretty sure we'll get some kind of sanction. So I thought I'd just explain a few other levels so that you have a sort of an overall understanding of how much training we would need. Okay, so the BA, the sorry, the BCBAs, the Board Certified Behaviour Analysts, don't need um, continuous supervision from another BCBA, but we are required to do some supervision like CEUs. But the BCABAs, the Board Certified Assistant Behaviour Analysts, because there are still assistants they need 20 CEUs and they need to meet the ongoing supervision requirements. And then we have RBTs, so our registered behavior technicians, and they need ongoing supervision from a BCBA, the BAC, the BCABAs, yes, yes, yes. They also need ongoing supervision. Um, I think I've said that already, so apologies. And But the RBTs, the registered behavior technicians, need ongoing supervision, and they need to adhere to the ethics code, the RBT ethics code. And if you want more information, there's plenty of information on the BACB website, which is literally www.bacb.com. 
and it's very, very helpful. They've got nice um, sort of flow charts and that kind of thing. So have a look if you need more information about the different levels. But there are all different levels of training within the ABA field that require maintenance and ongoing training to con continue to develop skills as well as maintain certain skills, which are pertinent to our work. Um, and I think it's quite it's good that there is um, a structure, so you don't really have to think about how many I need and blah blah blah. It's literally these are how many you need. There's some detail in between, but it's not relevant for talking about now. But it's it's important that we ha we are doing those things to maintain and again further develop our skills. And the consequence does need to be serious because behavior analysts can have a big impact on people's lives. So we can change behavior. So we make sure that we need to make sure that we're keeping up with the latest big one here, ethical standards and empirical research and procedures. OK, so we need to make sure that the, the procedures we are doing are evidence based. They have empirical evidence to prove that they are successful and are able to help others. You know, if your doctor didn't attend conferences or earn their qualification, recertification vibes, and they didn't learn about new interventions, I don't know, would we feel safe in their care? I'm sure we wouldn't. Okay, so it's important that we are aware of these things and we maintain them. And people may argue that office jobs are not as vital or as important, but that's up for a discussion. But then again, if we lose staff or we lose some of their skills or we fail to maintain them, I think we're more likely to make mistakes because we're not as refreshed in our minds. And this turns into another problem to handle what could have been avoided or could have been a lesser version of that problem. So each field needs to determine what needs refreshing and how often. But what advice can we as ABA professionals give? Well, I will tell you. Thank you, Lauren. That was great. Um, so we've, not, we've gone through the whys, like Lauren just went through the whys. So let's do the how. How do we maintain skills? As mentioned, the BACB has decided 32 credits, roughly 32 hours, but it's usually more, uh, per each two-year cycle should be sufficient to maintain skills. Okay, Behavior analysts-BCBAs can choose whatever topics they prefer, as long as the learning credit is approved by the governing body, that is, the BACB. These are, there are some learning credits that are free, but most of them you have to purchase. Yes, <laughs> purchased. So we pay for each learning credit we do, and we do have to pay a fee when it's time to renew our certification. Okay, so people who are committed to this field are more likely to pay all these expenses and do all the learning hours. But this is our field. How about yours? So some professions have governing bodies to decide these things, others don't. So if your job doesn't have any measures in place, you can either create them or just do them on your own. Up to you. So it's always good to start off with the list. As always, I love a list. Being an adult is a list, essentially. So three questions to consider. One, what are the skills needed to accurately do the job? Two, what behaviors are needed for each skill? And three, how often are the skills performed? Okay, so the last question is particularly important. How often are the skills performed? There are many skills used, 
but the ones done most often are most likely the most fluent one and probably won't need the refresher that badly although it doesn't work to check if they're being done correctly of course there are also some skills that are needed but not as often so these are the ones that might need a review a refresher a top-up let's say so a training top-up so when you have newer and older staff older staff might find this training irrelevant the refresher irrelevant as they feel they're already fluent in their behaviors in their work behaviors so even if the training the attendance is mandatory you can always provide some reinforcement like um, leaving or work a little bit earlier for example, um, this can remove some of the resistance or aversiveness of attending a refresher training. If there's a change in the way some skills should be performed, like, you know, there's a change in the way you do something at the till or something in the office, etc., or you save documents, you know, you can kind of mix this in with the refresher training because it will help you maintain the older staff's attention. I think uh, we need to clarify new and old, yeah, Carla. Um, should we say more experienced staff or staff who have been there longer? So yes, older is in terms of the length of work time, not older as in physically older. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean all like, oh, you're all old. Well, we are all old in a way, so that's fine. Uh, but thank you for clarifying. So keep in mind that when you're doing a refresher training, it's best not to dwell on it for too long because it's a refresher. You're not teaching from scratch. You're just finding those important steps to, ref to see where that needs to be maintained. Think about the checklist manifest episode we did in October. That's an example. So human beings already have difficulties in focusing for extended periods of time. And now with our <coughs> smartphones, it's become even harder to pay attention to something that is not entertaining. Um, there are many different ways, well, actually on the subject of smartphones, I know someone that, you know, I have, I went, I, I left Apple after many years, I left Apple and I'm now with Samsung. Um, and, you know, my phone is a little bit slow, but it was a free phone. Like I was given, it was a present. And, I was with someone and I was opening my phone and this person said, oh, your phone is so slow. I might as well go make some tea and something like, well, it's not super fast because I don't know what's happening. Like the apps just accumulate a lot of junk. I don't know how. And I've been trying to delete anything, everything anyway. Um, but it wasn't like it wasn't minutes. It was ex instead of being immediately, it was like a f couple more seconds than it would usually last. And this person was already oh, I'm going to make a cup of tea, it's taking so long, you should get a new phone. I'm like, no, because it was a free phone. And this is how impatient we've become, that if something's not immediate, we're like, oh, it's too slow. Do you remember dialing up internet? Do you remember that horrible sound? Do you remember like, oh, you have a, a school assignment. Let me get the encyclopedia. Let me go to the library. Like, honestly, people are so impatient right now. Yeah, I know. But, you know, there are people who won't remember <laughs> dial-up internet, <laughs> unfortunately. And I I also, I, um, I recently-ish got a new iPhone. And I, I'm so used to how slow my old iPhone was that the new one is like, it's actually crazy quick and efficient and quite beautiful. And interestingly enough, when it is slow, I realize how impatient I get. So... 
you know, my the behavior of having instant gratification to a quick acting phone or whatever, that behavior has been reinforced. So when I go back to a slower phone or I have to wait longer, I realize how much that new behavior has been reinforced. It's really interesting. And, um, yeah, I think instant gratification is quite quite a fascinating thing and it's going to become more and more an epidemic you know as we move further into um like tech becoming everything yes the end of humans and the start of the machine revolution is nigh anyway so where were we? So keep in mind. Well, uh, so there are many different ways you can conduct the refresher training. You can send everyone a survey to know which areas they find relevant to receive the training again. Uh, you can hold a meeting to train. You can divide people into groups and give them a mock-up assignment to do together. Um, and so, for example, the best performing group could get an extra reinforcer. And you know, there's different ways you can do the training. Um, you just need to make sure people are engaged. So yeah, that there's or you can have like staff check each other, because um, I think when people so for example when you're a supervisor you know what you're looking for, so you that's why you can correct staff when need be. When you're an employee and you don't know exactly what needs to be corrected, it might be harder sometimes to remember things or to learn things. So when you swap positions with them, for example, if instead of you evaluating them, you're like, okay, everyone. I'm going to do the skill and I'm going to give you an evaluation kind of paper, a competency paper, and you are going to mark what I've done and not done. And we're going to compare, you're going to compare between yourselves what you've wrote, uh, written down. Okay. Because one, that's, that helps you see if everyone understands what behaviors are needed. And two, it's the, the inversion of roles and giving a bit more power to your employees may, may give them, you know, help them, may, can help them uh, pay more attention to the training, uh, it will help them understand what behaviors are expected of them. Because once they have to, when you have to evaluate someone, that's when you understand what behaviors are needed for to perform a task. And when the employees are doing that, their supervisor, they can see what they're meant to be doing. And they can see, they can better understand what behaviors they're meant to be having. I did, I, I used to do that when, Laura and I worked in an organization and, well, we weren't in the same class at the time and I was training my staff. Um, and one thing that I did was, okay, I had my uh, consultant, the consultant for the class, film me do a, a manding activity, one of the pupils, and she, because she was evaluating me. So, can you evaluate me and film me? And then I showed it to the girls. Well, it, sorry, I say girls because there were only girls in the class, to the ladies. Um, and... And I had them mark me and evaluate me. Because once they saw what they're meant to be testing, what it's meant to be done when they have to do the evaluation, they're like, oh, okay, this is what I'm meant to be doing. So that, that kind of exercise also is really helpful. But, you know, adapt it to your environment. Make it relevant to your workplace and reinforce stuff. Just reinforce stuff. Honestly, We've talked about this. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to the reinforcement episode because it's really important. Okay, like me and Lauren always banging on about reinforcement. People don't believe sometimes don't believe, like it's the most important part of ABA. I think it also um, you know is helpful um, when you dem you know when you humanize your role. 
you know, like you were saying, Carl, I like doing it so that people can evaluate you. I think also seeing that you also possibly will make mistakes, that humanization um, of your skill set and your work ethic and the way you interact with others, it can be really, really powerful for other people. Because, you know, I've also done when you do demonstrations and things of, of manning sessions and pairing sessions and whatever, teaching, and it's a complete disaster, you know, but it's important that they see you also doing that because then they know that also it's okay to make mistakes because we all, we're all human, we all make mistakes. So even as behavior analysts and people who've been in the field for a long, long time um, and who have extensive training, we do make mistakes. And I think it's, it is okay and it's what we do to improve our practice from there um, that is really, really important. All right, that was it for me. Lauren, do you want to go into end thoughts? Okay, my end thoughts. Thanks, Carla. Um, I wanted to chat a little bit about some work I did previously. So when I first came to London, you know, you cannot get work. I don't know what it is about for other continental Europeans, but um, if you're from somewhere else in the world, you cannot get work until you have, and I quote, London experience. So one of the first jobs I got, I was, I don't know what you call it, a receptionist at an eye clinic or a hospital in South West London. Um, and I vaguely remember receiving some training initially, but like nothing thorough or that detailed to be honest. So um, we had to like book appointments on this machine and then we would, you know, on the computer, sorry, and there'd be like a program. And then if you needed to alter them appointments, you do such a thing. And then you'd be able to check out their file through but I don't really remember anyone really sitting me down and doing it because I remember when I arrived it was like we're short staff so we need to just like go in and just do it and I'd worked I got the work through an agency so it was kind of like well the agency just threw you in you did hours you had to get like a timesheet and you'd be signed off so it wasn't exactly very skilled work and I say that not because I'm insulting people who do it but it wasn't like you required a lot of training in terms of the systems it was like we need train you needed like people experience but you learned that kind of on the job um and I remember that I started learning how to do things with the computer and I, I don't know if someone didn't finish it off or didn't teach me very thoroughly but I'm pretty sure I had not a clue how to do some of the stuff um and there was no ongoing training no one re-sat down with me or helped me or anything so it was a bit of a drama because I remember I I was kind of asking other people where they were busy with their own work to try and help me and it was a lovely Polish lady who was so kind and so helpful forget her name but she was so wonderful to me so yeah I think you know it's that kind of thing is if you have a system set up in place it's like okay so it's your first day here's this you know so you can sit with whoever blah 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 they'll show you how to do this and um I think and then maintaining that, like within that day, someone popping back in and saying, okay, so I'm going to sit with you. This person needs an appointment. Let's do it together. A um, bit of guided training there, a bit of modeling. You know, I think that there needs to be graduated sort of um, levels of training um, and when to sort of prompt and when to not. Maybe I'm going into too much detail here. But yeah, I feel like I really didn't know what I was doing. And, and I worked there for about three months, you know um fortunately I'm quite good at blagging <laughs> but yeah um that's kind of my thing is that I know I didn't do the best job I could um because I wasn't given much input but 
you know, it's one of those things where I kind of learned on the go, but I feel I would have been more efficient and more confident um, and probably a better employee if someone had sat down and done that kind of thing with me. Uh, my example from training is I used to work in a jewelry shop many, many years ago. And um, we received, I remember we received training, but they were always updating the training. And there was one time, it was just before I left, actually, before I started working in ABA. And we were doing some training. They they had these packages and this interactive units and everyone hated doing them and I was like I'm the geek obviously so I did mine super quick every time like every season when we had a new jewelry collection come out they would send everyone a a leaflet all the staff members had to read the magazine for the company they had to look up names of the jewelry and they have they had to fill it out and our manager needed to check them and say okay this person's at the training 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 looking back they could have offered more reinforcement they could have been like you know this will qualify you for a bonus or I don't know. I don't think they would or you, but every, if you, the earlier you get, like, for example, there could be a, a prize, like some people who've done the training can submit their entry to the prize. The earlier you do it, the more, and so for example, let's say if they say, if, if you do it within a week, we will put your name in seven times for the prize. If you do it within two weeks, we'll put your name in three times. You know what I mean? So like from the date the leaflets were sent, the faster you submit your training leaflet, the more reinforcement you could have received. But, you know, they didn't have a behavior analyst there. So, you know, anyway, I'm still the geek that did all the training. And at this company, you could choose a specialty. And I went for watches because I love watches. So, you know, and as a watch, so basically when there was a customer, when there's something more specific to watches, I would be the person they talk to. If someone was more specific to, I don't know, the, um, the types of necklaces or the crystal figurines, so everyone could choose a specialty. I went for watches, so I knew how to, um, you know, remove and add links to all the watches. I couldn't change the battery. That's what we would send off. Um, I would know every, I would have to know everything about the watches, the materials, the, um, I don't know how it's made, the maintenance, etc., the models, etc. So, and this is how they kept staff. It, like they send these leaflets, so everyone would have to do a bit of training. So you first had all the in computer units that you did when you uh, when you started, and then from then on it was uh, the leaflets. And I know they introduced a few more things after I left. Like if you chose a specialty like the watch, uh, you could then, um, you know, there was more further training on that. But I left before that like I still had friends there so they would tell me um but yeah like it's really important to just find different ways to make sure people are performing as best as they can but one thing they could do is just add reinforcement because most people didn't want to do the leaflet and because not everyone's a nerd and a geek <laughs> so and you know they can't be bothered so you know that's my suggestion for training okay I think that's it from me for this episode. Take it away, Lauren. Okay, the Hoot Chronicles will be out on time, yay, on the 19th of December next week. And our next Owls, Chirping with ABA Owls, will be out on Monday, the 2nd of January. So look out for that. And Happy New Year for when that happens. If you have a moment, please rate, like, and subscribe to us. We haven't... Sorry. 
If you have a moment, please rate, like, and subscribe to us. We have heard that this helps us get more listeners, which means we could reach more people and therefore help more people. So we're really keen on that. So please do um, rate, like, and subscribe. We are ABA Owls on Instagram, basically a, at ABA underscore Owls. We on Facebook, we are also ABA Owls. And we are chirping with ABA Owls on iTunes, Spotify, woohoo! And then um, on any other platforms you might want to listen to. You also can listen to it through our website. And thank you again for listening. We really do appreciate it. Everyone, please feel free to email us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at ABA underscore owls. If you have a particular topic you'd like us to address, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.